When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. We made it. We are at the halfway point of Warrior Non Season 2. Can you guys believe we are at the halfway point? I didn't think no. Here. <laughs> no, for all those who aren't behind the scenes of this podcast, this is our third attempt to try and film this episode. So it's been is it really? Yes, yeah. it has been a journey to get here. We've been climbing up that hill and falling down <laughs> mostly, <laughs> but we made it to oh, the yeah, top. Originally, of the originally this, I wasn't in this episode. This was supposed to take place weeks ago, so here we are. But serendipity uh has happened and there's been some fun stuff going on in the fandom recently thanks to simon challenging everybody and also some highly creative article writers who have given us the character rebecca we will never ever forget (laughs) (laughs) thank you rihanna de bono smith yes if that is your real name because um if you haven't read the news daily article that's been circulating like wildfire Film daily <laughs> whatever please go find it <laughs> it's incredible then, then go read the top six ways to show your cute micro pig that you love them yes but back to warrior nun so what were your favorite part of this article <laughs> it's hard to pick one honestly um that uh Beatrice is just Jillian. Well, Jillian's a nun. Jillian's a kick-ass feminist nun, which I love, and that would be better than the real Jillian we got, personally. Oh, no. I love that Adriel is played by Toya Turner. (laughs) That is amazing. That is amazing. Toya wasn't even in this season. Yeah. (laughs) And what about Uh... Adriel? Girl's romance with Anna, the other angel. Yeah, I didn't read that because I, I sped, I didn't actually like focus on the article because I think it was like late at night. I don't remember Anna. I love that they misgendered Shannon. <laughs> oh, I love Shannon himself, but have appreciated all of these things. But also, I love that Shannon is just like this huge character now. <laughs> yeah. And apparently Ava has many girlfriends in this season, (laughs) according to this article. And Beatrice is bisexual. Beatrice is a bisexual (laughs) that we find out early on. But Beatrice is played by uh, the actor that plays Vincent on the show. Oh, that's Rebecca. Is that Rebecca? No, yeah, that's That's Rebecca. Beatrice, played by Christina Tonteri Young, identifies as bisexual when she's revealed in an early episode when she admits her feelings for Ava. Isn't it like, like she's a feelings for Ava? Wasn't it like episode six or seven? Seven. 
Yeah. <laughs> not early on. Due to the fact it portrays bisexuality in a respectful manner, the focus is on love rather than stereotypes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jillian has inspiring speeches? Yeah. She does. Sure. Sure. About feminism. So, yeah. If you haven't checked out this article, it's a dumpster fire in the best possible way. No, my absolute favorite part, I, I have to amend myself, is Adriel's unwavering loyalty towards Ava. <laughs> it's the whole point of the show. I love it. Whether it be through gentle scenes between Adriel and Ava or empowering <laughs> speeches given by Sister Beatrice. Okay, so why is the empowering speeches now by Beatrice, but it was by Jillian? Because everybody is anybody, according to this article. <laughs> I love it. I think this article morphs over time. No, I think they change stuff in this article. Yeah, it makes sense. Because originally they had Jillian was played by Christina. Yeah. And okay, was giving empowering like, yeah, speeches. They, right they have edited this article since it dropped. And it's still not correct. <laughs> Which is the point, we think. Mm-hmm. We sure hope. All right. Any last words about this article? But Angel was sent to guide Ava in her mission. He was. Yes. According to this article. Sure. Sure. But uh, and then the other thing that happened that was of note is uh, Simon's Avatrice bed scene challenge. So if anyone's not aware of this, which I hope you are, um, Simon gave everybody on Twitter a challenge to get to 10 million tweets and he would release this deleted scene and then it morphed into him reading it with christina so if you haven't heard of this um please join the fight because um we, we need would it all, we would yeah we would like that we want also it. just it, go talk to theor theor is behind all the hit tweets that we have right now <laughs> i'm dedicated to getting this bed scene script uh we will read it on the podcast too if we get it absolutely yes just, our twitter was dead and then all of a sudden i just had 50 notifications and i'm like what is happening and then i was like oh theora we were challenged um so <clears throat> if you were a part of that and doing all those things a big thank you to everybody um this fandom has been incredible there's billboards that are up in la and there was one in times square recently it's just the dedication the fire it's been amazing. You guys are absolutely incredible. So thank you all for just all your continued efforts and how much fun it's been just like interacting with you guys and playing, uh, especially for this bed scene challenge because it's been super fun. So thank you guys. You guys are all incredible. Keep it up. Are you okay, Caitlin? Caitlin's not okay. I missed, I missed the opening completely. Oh my God. Caitlin has a drinking problem. <laughs> not the normal kind either <laughs> alright I think that's a great segue into the beginning of this episode which is the aftermath of the heist gone wrong well it's more of an abducting than a heist <laughs> Beatrice is pissed Beatrice. I called it the opening of upset <laughs> yeah upset is probably not even the right term no. for Beatrice there's just like the alarms are blaring, it's loud, and she's just freaking the fuck out at Camilla, who happens to be next to her. And she basically, like, 
Camilla's trying to like plan what they're going to do, but Beatrice is just like, um, whose fault is it that we're in this situation? So she just starts like blaming Camilla. And really, I think this is just Beatrice mad at herself and is just projecting onto Camilla because Camilla is a person who's talking to her right now. Cause like her big thing in the prior episode was trying to control every single thing that happened. So the heist would go right. And for Beatrice, that means Ava gets out alive untouched and that failed spectacularly. So she's lost all control. So she's like in a position where she's freaking out and is going to have to like redeem herself, which is like her whole episode, this episode. So poor Camilla. Um, she's just like there. Beatrice yeah. is so upset with her about like leaving her post and all. And Camilla's like, I got distracted. I thought I heard someone, but is if she hears someone, isn't she supposed to? Yeah, like make sure that like it makes no sense. Like, girl, you didn't get distracted. You were making, you were doing your job. I also, why can't Camilla just be like, uh, I saw Adriel. Like, I feel like that would change Beatrice's anger immediately if she's like, "Hey, I thought I saw the big bad guy here." And I'm you're right; she's a guard. She's supposed to like protect well, them against that. She's supposed that. to keep people out and not leave that area. I don't know, but whatever. But if there's more than one entrance, um, she, I, I'm be. guessing she's not telling, she's not saying that to Beatrice because she's afraid it's all in her head. I mean, yeah, because of the chip <laughs> that she's got back there. So it's like she doesn't know if this is like if she's going crazy or if it's a real thing in the world. We're all going crazy. Beatrice is- already got pissed at her, or is already like she already feels like Beatrice is looking at her. Yeah, uh, that's true. And then I think on some level, Camilla understands like what is actually going on with Beatrice and why Beatrice is freaking the yeah. fuck out right now. So, but no, either- she's the only one that knows. Yeah, she's the only one that knows. But either way, Beatrice isn't having any of this anymore, and she just like storms out of the out of there. And meanwhile, in the alley, the the not hot priest is uh, abducting Ava, and they're both unharmed because, of course, they are. Because that man, nothing bad happens to him ever, and it's really annoying. It is so annoying. It's so annoying. I can't stand characters like this. Um, and then, meanwhile, Mother Superior and Yasmin make it out together, and they're. Uh, getting to their getaway van and Mother Superior's like, listen, I have to do tactical nun stuff, so you're gonna have to drive us out of here. And then Yaz takes the wheel and starts screaming as she drives away, and it's probably one of the best scenes in this episode. No, you missed the best part, but I don't want to. (laughs) It's like, I don't want you either. (laughs) The best part is when she goes is when she goes um tells her to to go but it's like she's yelling go and then she's takes off and yaz meets her yell with another yell yeah exactly and they were some amazing comic relief this episode i love yasmin mina killed it she kills it i love characters like this because they're just real like what a real reaction to this whole scenario it was like i wasn't supposed to be a part of any of this i still don't want to be here but she's such a team player she's like i'm gonna do it anyway even though i'm freaking the fuck out right now and i'm not afraid to freak out but i'm gonna get it done and so she's so real i love it 
All right. And then unfortunately we have to go back to the priest and Ava because plot reasons. I know it's just the next part. And so they get, there's this cool, there's this little quick shot of just like him again. Ava's like passed out with the crown on her head and he's like walking away with her and like, she's bleeding. So it shows that like the crown can harm Ava, not just like suppress her powers, which is interesting. Um, And while he's walking away with her, she ends up in this dream sequence which is triggered by the crown, I guess. And she's like laying on a table in total darkness and gets up to this like blinding light and is like, what is happening? And then terrestrial demons show up and she's like, ah, fuck, and gets ready to fight them. But then like wakes up to the priest who's taking the crown off her head. So that's fun and shows up again later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... The priest feeds her some bullshit um, about like, hey, I'm not the bad guy. I'm doing this for good. And she's like, yeah, whatever, bitch, and tries to fight him. But after like, I guess the crown doesn't only, it suppresses the power of the halo, I guess, which for Ava means like it um, makes her paralyzed again. Because without the halo's power, she'd A, be dead. And B, like if she wasn't dead, she's paralyzed. That's like her baseline. So once the crown comes off of her, it takes her time to like get her ability to function back because that's what the halo provides her. So she's just like floundering, trying to fight him. I enjoyed I the line when I can. I enjoyed the line when I can use my legs again. I'll kick your ass. She sure will. That's what those legs are for. <laughs> kick an ass, take a names. Uh, and the priest tells her basically like, listen, I get that you want to fight me and everybody and that's great, but uh, maybe put off your final fight with Adriel as long as you can because you're going to die doing it. So I'll pray for you. Um, and then he leaves with the crown and gross. And then as he's leaving, who comes out of nowhere to attack him? But Miguel, because he's a creeper. Oh, Following Ava. He's always following Ava. (laughs) Go on. I think it's just something about his face. (laughs) He just has a punchable (laughs) face. (laughs) Sorry. I wonder if you'd feel that way if you met the actor. Oh no, I'm sure I wouldn't. No, we meet these people. They're they're the best human beings ever. Just something about him and like the way that they have him deliver his lines and stuff, he just seems like such a douchebag. Like, he is like, I'm going to protect you. And like, dude, <laughs> you keep trying to get Ava not to do things and go places. And she, you got to learn. Like, I feel like Beatrice even knows at this point that she's just going to do whatever she wants. So, like. That is true. Speaking of Beatrice. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> she like wire jumps down off of a <laughs> silently. I, I I read this a lot, like a few minutes ago and I almost started cracking up. I just wrote Beatrice is a little spider. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Just, literally. Just like randomly. And then crawls up the, the next building <laughs> behind yeah. a guard because there's just a dude standing there or a cop, whatever. You can fully tell that she's on a wire. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But uh, anyway, she's doing that while Camilla is distracting this guard, too. Uh, And then 
her distraction is also hilarious because she plays into the oh i'm a little woman like don't i'm not threatening i'm dressed like a nun kind of like let me get close to you yeah and then she like steals his gun and punches him and she's like yeah i'm sure you're great or whatever (laughs) yeah sorry i'm sure you're great but i love her yes she's like whoops whatever uh, so they, basically, they're like making their way, making their way downtown. No, flying fast, Spider Manning, climbing fast. Yeah, so they're they're doing that, making their way downtown. Um, and meanwhile, we go back to Miguel and the priest, who are brawling as men do, being and dudes. they're being literally just being dudes. And the point of Straight this is. Dudes. They're being cishet dudes, and Miguel is doing this so he could uh, jack the crown from the priest, which he does. And then he calls himself God's Vengeance while he's doing this, and I'm like, what is this line? It's so weird. It just goes back to what Caitlin was ranting about. I just... He's got this touch of arrogance that's just... It's weird. It's like, dude, I want to know what happened to him in those 6.74 days that he was on the other side. Just that toss hair, your hair flip back. was so <laughs> That was amazing, Caitlin. Anytime you make a point, do that. I just need to know. Yeah, um, anyway, that was amazing. But yeah, no, I agree. It was just me for my math. Hey, but we do never, we never know. Michael could, Miguel, sorry. Oh, Miguel spoiler Michael. Spoiler breach, jeez. No. Sorry, <laughs> Magical. Could be uh, not straight. Who knows? Or That's true. We didn't mean to call priest. you a cishet man. We don't really know what your deal is. You but know, um, that, that is fair. That's fair. But we also do not know what happened to you in that other realm to give you this yeah, we weird don't. arrogance. I feel like yeah. it's Re- Rhea's influence, baby, but yeah, it's very it weird. It has to be Rhea. It's so weird. God's vengeance. I don't understand. He, like, he was so weird. sheltered. Is, is but he, he doesn't remember being Michael? And no, I he definitely he did. does. He definitely he does. does. So he, he remembers Ava. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know that he remembers what she looked like no. and stuff. Like, she wasn't around she, him long enough. Yeah, not long enough. But he remembers his childhood and, like, literally just being trapped in the bubble because he yeah. had a conversation later with Jillian. I have to say, it was a pretty cool bubble. Like, there Actually, was little clouds and everything. Yeah, but that was well, his whole you... world was that was that one bubble. Like, and he never left. And so, yeah, he has the conversation not with Jillian, with Ava in this episode later where he's like, I was having fun because my life before the, I went to the other side wasn't fun. Like, he was trapped like Ava was in a room. So, like, that's their commonality. But yeah, I just found this line very, very weird because he also says in this episode and he's fully aware that these gods and angels aren't real. It's just terms we use for people from this other realm. So like that line struck me as really weird because he knows the truth of all of this. And so why would you say that? I wonder if he's just using it for uh, using it because he is not hot priest is a priest. And that's the whole thing that he the wheelhouse that he works in. Who knows? But he also knows that the priest is working for Adriel. So, like, I don't know. Maybe it just, it seems like a very weird line. But anyway, then uh, they they run Can I away. Ask a question real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would you consider Ava arrogant in the first season? Yes. Okay, so what's with the people not getting out at all? 
Like, is arrogance, like, your innate, like, trait in you? Because they were both stuck in a room. I don't call it arrogance. I call it not knowing any better. I think Ava was just selfish, mostly. Ava was selfish. I don't think she was arrogant. Because if you think, like, the her entire world was in her head. So, and just like Miguel, his entire world was pretty much in his head. That's all they could think about was themselves. <laughs> to be fair, Michael was, I don't know. I, I he was also a child who literally knew nothing else. And who and knows what Ray is communicating said. with Adriel. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That probably fucked him up. But also you have to remember that Ava did have a life before she was paralyzed. So like she had a childhood before she was eight years old and paralyzed of an actual childhood. Whereas like Michael his whole childhood was trapped in that room and he had creepy angels in his brain. So I wish we knew more about <laughs> more about his um her childhood before. Yeah. Me too. Who knows maybe like, her uh, mother was an we're asshole. We're lucky I remember when... that she was paralyzed, okay? We've already established that I don't know what happened in the first season. I still That's think fine. that everybody's a warrior nun. Okay. okay. Well, we'll, okay. we'll just move on from there. Yeah, so after Miguel and Ava peace out of there with the crown, leaving that bitch-ass priest on the ground, uh, we unfortunately have to go to Lilith and Adriel. Oh, God. Why? My my main well, note is, nope, this is not where Lilith should be. Uh, yeah, we're here because Lilith has exhausted all of her resources for figuring out what on earth is happening or not on earth. What is happening to her with all these new scales and her powers and like, like, what the fuck? Why does nobody want her in the other realm? Basically, she has no like support system. Her mom doesn't want her. The OCS basically abandoned her. Mary's gone. So she's like, listen, I need answers. And the scientist was using me as a lab rat. So let me go to somebody who is from that realm and can give me an answer, which like he's been lying this whole time. So I don't under that doesn't fully check, but she's basically desperate. So she's here and she shows girl him her- has no support in her life. though. No, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. And so like this is your classic like person getting groomed because she's completely isolated. Um, and so she's easy to take advantage of. And that's basically what Adriel does and apparently we learn in this conversation this is the first time he's done this he basically did this to uh, ariella as well so anyway she's there and she shows him her arms and she's like what the fuck is happening to me and he says oh that's Rhea's blood because remember when jillian uh and her did the experiment in the last episode and she went through the portal with the body cam the face that jillian found when she synced up the times we we're trying to do the math to figure out which hurt our brains, <laughs> but Caitlin did it. Uh, basically, that face was Rhea's face. So whatever is happening, it's crap to- out of me every time. Yeah, it looks like uh, Count Chocula to me, but apparently that's Rhea. <laughs> Count Chocula doesn't <laughs> exist in that realm. Count Chocula. I love you. <laughs> it looks like so Count Chocula. Much. Do you I know. remember that conversation? I see it. I've said it multiple times. <laughs> I don't remember my name half the time. I know. Ooh, oh my god, there's a toy for Count Chocula. Fuck yeah, there there's is. There's okay. a Funko Pop. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a bit <laughs> of much. Of course there is. There's a Funko Pop for everything. Except the stuff I want Funko Pops of. Uh, yeah, 
truth. So anyway, Wait. Caitlin, close that tab. <laughs> Sorry, it's a, it's not like the it's not the Count Chocula. It's the box of cereal that's the Funko Pop. Apparently, okay. That's well, the stupidest thing I've ever. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so. Oh my god. <laughs> read the reviews of that they're probably <laughs> littered with gold <laughs> you're not allowed to open any more new tabs <laughs> i'm not but it was i'm a huge fan of the cereal so it was really nice to have a funko pop of it okay <laughs> oh my god I'm sorry it was funny to me it's been a long it, day for some reason that was your review on this particular funko pop we respect your opinion <laughs> <laughs> not caitlin though i don't think she does Caitlin, you're making your drinking problem worse <laughs> please put the cup down put the cup down <laughs> you're gonna end up with coffee all over you well don't talk to her right now wouldn't it be the first time anyway. so anyway the point of this was that Rhea. <laughs> infected Lilith somehow with her blood and so Adriel's hypothesis is that Lilith isn't turning into a Tarrasque demon but she's turning into something completely new and Rhea's behind it so there's probably nefarious reasons or not we don't know enough about Rhea and hopefully we'll learn that someday but that's the gist of that conversation Apparently, Ray is a bloodborne pathogen. She sure is. Um, she sure is. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting. But I mean, the key is that, like, it also makes sense because we were talking like about this, and we were talking about like the portal and like why the portal was rejecting Jillian, but like accepted Michael, accepted Lilith, and it, it has to. It, I think it's pretty clear it has something to do with you have to have some organic material from that other dimension to pass through unharmed. And so this is confirmation that Lilith can pass the portal because she has Rhea's blood in her veins, which is of that realm. But why something doesn't want her there? Is it enemies of Rhea? Is it Rhea herself? That's kind Let's of be fair. Lilith made enemies wherever she goes. I know, it's true. It could just be Lilith. <laughs> I think the other point is, and they get into this later with Adriel, is that like basically you can't control Lilith either. And so maybe like Rhea made her and was like, yes, excellent part of the plan. But Lilith being Lilith is like, I'm not going to be part of anybody's plan. And then Rhea's like, well, fuck. Get out of my realm. GTFO. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But Lilith's got some kick-ass powers, and uh, she keeps transforming in some uh, weird ways that uh, we will get into later. But uh, for now, we have to go to a part of the episode that I like, which is Beatrice um, roughing up the priest because she's trying to find Ava. And the priest can't just cooperate and be a decent human being. And of course, he has to go Beatrice and be like, well... Ava has a dude now that's her new protector. And Beatrice is like super pissed off at that because why would you say that to Beatrice? That's so Let's fucked be right. up. Ava's protecting Michael. I know. Okay, Vincent <laughs> knew true. too. Got the vibes. I think Vincent knew. Knew what? Which Something part? about Beatrice being into Ava. I mean, yeah. It, you can see it. Everyone knows. I know. <laughs> Lilith, Lilith knows. <laughs> 
We all know. Jillian knows. Mother Superior knows. They all know. But he's being a little ass bitch. And basically he's like, oh yeah, she went off with her new protector and uh, they have the crown. And that's great. And Beatrice is like, wonderful. And then before she can harm him further, Camilla shows up and she's like, listen, um, we need him alive for some reason. So I'll stay with him and you go find your girl because I understand that's where your brain's at. So Beatrice mm-hmm. leaves in a jealous hurry while Camilla um, gets the priest into the van that poor Yaz is still driving. <laughs> and, and then killing <laughs> she's killing it and then has to up her driving game. This is like the worst game of I don't want to be here ever. And they're like, OK, cool. Yaz. now cops are chasing us. So you have to, like, get us the fuck out of here and evade cops at the same time. Yaz pulls it off. And so they do this narrow road race through Spain. Um, and Yaz does a great job. And she doesn't, you know, yell as much, which is great. I mean, like, for not knowing how to drive, she sure can do a car chase. Exactly. Like, how is she able to... Okay, I, I don't get that. Mm-mm. I don't either. It's called You Rise to the Occasion. It's called Suspending Disbelief. Uh, also, she has, well, the, the key reason they wanted her to drive in the first place is because she has the map of the entire city memorized, so she would know the layout. To But I don't understand, for somebody who hasn't driven, how they translate that into outrunning cops, but... I mean... Here we are. Hit the gas pedal and hope... And pray I, to... <laughs> in my head, I'm just picturing them beforehand... Uh, Mother Superior and Yasmin just being in the car and Mother Superior go, okay, so put your foot on the brake, gas, brake, gas, okay, <laughs> step on the gas, no, not not that fast, yeah, speed limit, there you go, oh, make a turn, no, too sharp, too sharp, hands at 10 Mother and 2, Mother Superior doesn't two. care about <laughs> speed limits, she's I'm trying just, not I'm to die, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's about survival, this was one on 101, and they're like, okay, now throw everything I taught you out. Go. Gas, 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 gas. Time for that. I mean, they were driving yeah. around for a little bit till they found Camilla and B, so they had to fill that car ride somehow. Oh, I, I picture um Yasmin trying to do like carpool karaoke and <laughs> Superior, like not having it. <laughs> Mother Superior would have none of that. Or 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 she surprises you and starts belting out whatever it is. Um, she could sing the what the songs from the sound of music that the nuns sing. Oh, problem like Maria. How do you solve okay. a problem? Like How do you Maria? solve a problem like Yasmin? Let's be real, it's Ava. Like Ava. Let's be real, it's Ava. Let's be real. All right, we need to make uh, our own version of that song. Okay. Yeah, I'm on it. I can do it. No, do it. We're, for real. Uh, how do you solve a problem like Ava? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Wait, there's another song I'm supposed to record too. I forget what it is, but I'll, I, I will actually do this one. I forget what it is too. <clears throat> okay. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, so that's that scene. Uh, meanwhile, in the lab... The portal is acting weird, Jillian notices. And she notes, instead of en- doing the energy burst every six hours, which is what she was explaining to 
her creepy friend, who was it, Christian, a couple episodes ago. Uh, now the portal is remaining constantly active at this very low level. So that's weird. So she puts on her scientist brain and uses glasses, apparently, that she has. Quantum to, frequency glasses. <laughs> yes, her quantum freak, her nerd glasses, and then finds there's a radiological current coming from the Divinian flowing out of the portal towards the sky. And she's like, well, that's weird. Let me investigate. So she is like, wait a minute, does some quick maths, and then goes look at the papers that Christian, the dirtbag, made her sign. And then finally she gets the answer to her math equation and is like, well, I've been duped. Which, girl, you gotta read the fine print. Gotta read the fine print. Or the print, because you didn't read anything. You just signed, you just signed it. And here we are. Or like Jillian's whole storyline. It's just, man. Yeah, literally. Man. All right. And then we shoot over to Ava and Miguel, who are, Ugh. yeah, making their way further downtown. And they have this <laughs> conversation by a bridge tunnel. Why? Why do you have to, every single time you understand, like I get distracted for 30 seconds singing this in my head. Sing it. Making my way downtown. Downtown, walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound. You turned it into jazz. <laughs> and I need you. And no. I We're going to fix that part. Actually, this is Beatrice singing, because uh, it's an Ava Miguel scene. All right, yeah. so anyway, um, he they have a conversation, and basically he gives her the crown back and comes clean that he was sent from another the other side to help her stop adriel and before they can say anything the cops show up and they run away and that's basically yeah. the whole scene um is this the part this is they have that whole conversation about not being honest with with one another N no that's the next scene is that later okay yeah this is the scene Hill where basically have that? yeah that's the one by the tunnel is after the... Okay, because I have one. a bone to pick about that one. Go ahead. Only that one? Only that one. Nothing else? Non-pointment non is next. So what happens? So the drive pass... Uh, so they're driving along in their van, just going back to the secret headquarters that's in the cinema, which, uh, guess what? It's on fire. It's on Mother fire. Superior is like, yes, what? I have something with this one. All right. Okay. Can't wait. Now? Or? You can continue. So, wow. <laughs> wow, they, they drive. Mother Superior tells Yasmin to keep driving. Don't slow down. Nothing. Don't so they suspicious. drive past it. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. They need to disappear. <laughs> And later on, they'll call and find Goodbye. Ava and Beatrice. And Vincent says, Adriel's everywhere. And I think that that spooks Camilla. It sure does. She's still living with her heist experience. And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Now, what did you have to say, Caitlin? Thank you. Um, she says, keep driving. Don't slow down. But 
<laughs> you look to them. They're all staring out the window and they're going so slow. They're rubbernecking for sure, but the audience needs to see what's happening. Well, also, yeah, like, there's, like, there's people like in you the, slowed down. There's people in the oh. street, so they're trying not to just hit run the them over. Yeah, that's not that and she doesn't mean that she was going to do what Mother Superior said. <laughs> I feel like Yasmin, especially right now, just really wants to be a good little nun. Yeah. And she, she what she's told. I would naturally slow down if I was passing that and looking away. It's a giant building on fire. Yeah. Curiosity is to look at People it. were really sad that their movie theater was going. Yeah. There was well. like... <laughs> I forget and you what they saw said. Adriel's cronies standing out there, too. Oh, yeah. Well, they lit the fire. Let's be real. Burn, baby. Burn, baby. Um, so the next one is the thing I have a bone to pick with. All right. Pick that bone. All right. So we go back to Ava and Miguel, uh, who's insistent that he's not like Adriel. He's he's was over there, but he's not like Adriel. He's not uh, super whatever from the other realm. Right. So she's like, so you're human. And he's like, well, mostly. Um, and then they get into that. They circle back around to the argument about who was not honest with who. And. He's like, well, you didn't tell me the truth either. And Ava's like, fair. And I'm like, no, it's not fair. Because everything about your situation was dependent upon not letting anyone know that you were the halo bearer. So, no, you had a very good reason for not tell it, being honest with Miguel, who you had, you know. Do not give him that one. That's my bone. Um, Guess what? There, there's a fog coming now, and there's a bunch of Adriel's cronies with gas masks on. So that's not creepy at all. It's like Adriel. They they look like Nazis in their gas masks with their weird. One of them has like a weird uniform thing looking on. <sighs> Ava is gonna follow these dudes whether Miguel wants her to or not. Because bitch, you don't call the shots is pretty much what is pretty much what Ava's is like. So yes, they do follow the dudes, and that's that scene. Um, can I tell a random story real quick that I promise I won't Lord. go off topic after this? I don't sure. trust you, but and sure. I have something actually about this scene. You know what? I'll hold my no. Go ahead, Caitlin. Because <laughs> you're gonna be like, why the hell did you say this? Well, yes. <laughs> okay, so the fog. So you know how, like, when it's cold, mm-hmm. or like you know, like the fog comes up from the ground yeah. on like yeah. the street. Yeah. When I was younger, I thought that was like spirits raising from the dead. That would have been terrifying. It's <laughs> <laughs> more comforting. I was just like, the fog just reminded me of that. I mean, that checks out because they end up in like a graveyard later in this scene or in this episode. So relevant. Uh, but Thank you. something I want to touch on on this scene, and we kind of talked about it a little little bit. There's um, when Ava and Miguel are getting into their 
well, why weren't you honest? Why weren't you honest? Kind of situation. Miguel has this line where he says like the heart of the whole thing where he says the truth was I got caught up in having fun. My life before it was not fun. And like, this is when Ava, I think is like, okay, I can trust you because this is literally what happened to her. Like, and hence why those two months in Switzerland, like making Cuba Libres in the one bedroom flat with Beatrice was like, that's what she was doing. She was basically in a way, just like getting caught up in having fun in just like living her life for the first time in like decades. And she's been paralyzed. And so like, she kind of gets that she's like, I was kind of out of it too, because I was off living my fantasy life with Beatrice. Um, And both of these, both of these characters, they were robbed of their childhoods, their teenage years, and ended up with these godlike responsibilities that were forced onto them. And now they both have powers that they've been burdened with, which are paradoxically the cures for the ailments that would have like naturally shortened slash stunted their lives like michael is mostly human he's part divinium and that was due to his lack of immune system and that was the thing that kept him alive otherwise he would have got sick from anything and died basically and then ava's paralysis that led to the evil nun poisoning her her ending up in the church where the halo happened to be like these like cataclysmic events that really like rob them of having fun were the things that ultimately ended up with them having these massive responsibilities on them and ended up with them being in the situation to begin with. So it's really interesting that these two characters really did have this similar like series of unfortunate events that ended up with them being these like high pawns players, whatever in this like giant game of like angels and demons or whatever the hell's going on. But Ultimately, that's a point of understanding with these two that like really like when you have a chance to have fun, like go do it because your chance, you never know when you're going to get that chance again. And I think in this moment, Ava gets that and she's like, okay, I understand everything now. All is forgiven for you being like vague and stuff and me being vague. Like I understand why you were having fun with the Samaritans and doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Miguel's just want to have fun. I mean, they both do. They're like you f- you forget in this world that like they're still like children. They're not they're like dipping a toe into adulthood. They're not even a- really adults yet. And they just have these like crazy responsibilities that- and burdens that they're bearing. But like because of that, it robs them of their chances to really live their lives the way they'd want to and have fun. So just something to kind of reflect on because like that was basically Ava Ava was just doing that for two months with Beatrice living her like little fantasy fun life in the gay apartment that Barbara made <laughs> yes Barbara. thank you Barbara thank you Barbara I love that we opened check out Barbara's, Barbara's eyes <laughs> to the, the gayness of that she made it natural and so it all checked out because exactly. it was living there the gay, the, the all right yes the gays and so after if that- that's just switzerland i think we all need to move to switzerland i agree if gay gay flats are just the norm <laughs> what are we doing here if you're from switzerland and listening to this podcast let us know if that's what swiss apartments are like i feel like we do have somebody Switzerland. The truth is out there. 
Okay, so after that, um, there's some trouble with the van. It, uh, flat tire. It ends up with a flat tire. So these super special nuns get taken out by a flat tire. And Mother Superior's like, well, we'll just like pray for another solution. And Camilla peeks around the corner and is like, oh, God works in mysterious ways because there's a pink van. Let's get inside this van. No questions asked. <laughs> and then they drive away. She goes to hotwire the van and Mother Superior sends Yasmin to have a lesson in hotwiring vehicles. <laughs> she's just gaining all kinds of skills on this uh, wild night she's having. Yep. I feel like if this was told from Yaz's point of view, it would be like it would be like one of those movies, like I can't I, all I can think of is like Bill and Ted's bogus adventures, like one of those movies where it's just like I was just trying to go here and then ended up having this crazy adventure I didn't ask for, and it sounds bananas, but it's real life. That's like Yaz's point of view this whole episode. <laughs> Especially later on with the van. Um but next it's getting gassy. It sure is. And I love that Ava and Miguel have so much Gryffindor energy. They're like, we can get through this fog without gas masks or face coverings or doing any kind of precautions, sleeves, nothing. And like, I love that Michael by the end or Miguel cannot breathe, but none of them like think to like cover their mouths in any way, shape or form. They're just like, we got this. They're this so whole this whole part <laughs> of the episode is going to be a lesson in why Beatrice is smarter <laughs> than well, Beatrice is a Ravenclaw. These two are such Gryffindors. They're like, we yeah. got this. No, I don't know what that means. They're just all bravery, no brains. Like they're not thinking. Okay. He head empty. They got their savior complex on. Meanwhile, Beatrice later is like. Um, I should really steal one of these gas masks or I'm going to die. <laughs> you can hear screaming as they're walking along with their dumb faces all exposed and whatnot. So they're being affected by the fog. And that's why Ava has a hallucination of Miguel's face being like a ghost skeleton thingamabob that's going to. I what? missed that part every single time I watch this episode. Are you freaking kidding me? How do you miss it? I just barely don't watch it. I guess whenever he's on the screen, I start tuning out. Okay. I, mean, I don't enough. know why, though. Yeah, um, yeah. So Ava suggests they avoid the guards by going over this brick <coughs> wall. But... Ava, being Ava, just walks through it while Miguel climbs up and spends a lot of effort to get over it. And then he's like, like that was cool. That was a cool trick. But could she have brought him with her, like, through uh, the wall? I don't know. We've never I seen don't... her phase through anything with a person, have we? No. No, we haven't. I don't know if she could or not. I don't know if she can. Simon! Um, another thing that happened before that is basically they, Michael explains like why he's here mm -hmm. and basically says that like, oh, he's here to help her and Adriel and not just put the crown on him and like whatever <laughs> his master plan is like the two of them have to do it together. So it's like further fleshing out like why on earth he's here. It's not just like to help Ava, but like so that him and Ava can take down Adriel together and she's like that's weird 
must uh well and it's like she wants to ask so many questions but they get just they're like actually out near the enemy people right. so they have things to do they get distracted by the fog and the screaming which is totally fine but like yeah it, michael miguel or whatever is starting to be more honest with her about his real motives here yeah and um, yeah the next scene all i have like my main uh title for this is adriel is creeptastic he sure is and so unfortunately we're back to adriel and lilith and he starts questioning her about what is going on on the other side. Because remember, it's been like 10,000 years, his time, since he's been back there. And she reiterates kind of what we already knew, which is that she doesn't really remember what happened. Like in season one, the Tarasque demon speared her, took her back into the other realm. And she doesn't remember anything from that experience. She's like, next thing I knew, I was back and I had all those weird powers. And I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I, I so... Who knows what Michael really remembers about his life before. Maybe, like, somebody wiped her memory. Maybe that's part of, like, transitioning there. Who knows? But, like, season one Lilith, all what happened to her, she still doesn't fully remember that. And Adriel puts together that, again, reiterates that he thinks Rhea is the one that did this to her. Um, and she's the one that's been chasing him <coughs> in the Halo this entire time. He confirms that Rhea is the one that created the Tarrasque and their whole purpose of existing is to get him, the thief, and the thing he stole, the <coughs> Halo, and bring them back to Rhea. Because, like, that's Rhea's property and this bitch went and stole it. So those demons, like, literally have one purpose. And so that's why they keep showing up on the Halo players and they're like, oh, is Adriel here? We gotta bring that bitch back. So that's really what they're doing. But the reason he thinks that Rhea made Lilith is because the Tarrasque demon can't stay on this plane for a long period of time, which is why, like, they wait till there's a halo flare and then they show up to maximize how much time. Right. So he's like, you, Lilith, obviously, look at you. You're still standing here. Like, you can exist on this plane. And I think that's because Lilith organically, like, chemically, is from Earth. And so she can exist on Earth longer than the Tarrasque demons, which are made of, like, purely the other realm they're made of just straight up divinium and so Rhea's like let me try this and then the experiment didn't go to plan <laughs> like she couldn't use Lilith the way she wanted to and this is when and when Adriel's pointing this out this is when he turns up the grooming um by playing into Lilith's vanity he says things like she underestimated how powerful you are and how much free will you have and like all this stuff and like basically he, like Ava comes up and he's like no 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 you're special not her and like all this stuff and he does the ultimate power move here where instead of like removing choice from Lilith which is what I think she felt Jillian was doing he basically says well you know now you know what's going on uh you decide what you're gonna do with that and like walks away after like playing into her va vanity then he's just like you decide and like walks away <sighs> What yep. a manipulative AJ hole. I mean, that's all he knows. I don't like him. You're not supposed to like him. With, I like the actor, don't like the the character. F off, AJ yep. hole. Yeah, particularly don't like him and the Lilith stuff. It's just. Yeah, it's so creepy. It's super creepy. Ugh. I'm sure the actor's nice. I, I hate the character. The actor is very nice. <laughs> um. But so pastries. Then we jump to the van scene. 
Yes. Camilla <laughs> tells Yaz she can slow down. <laughs> She's got too much adrenaline going. Yeah, she does. Um, and I'm like, also, probably her blood sugar is low. <laughs> so Camilla goes to find some food and because they're she I guess she noticed they're in a food type van, but when she opens the box, what does she find? Erotic pastries, but the best part is the Camilla apologizes, opens the box for Mother Superior, who looks down and just kind of takes it in stride, whips out a dick and she starts looks, eating it. To be honest, she looks pretty uh chill Yeah, she and, looked happy. Like Yeah, pretty <laughs> excited for it. Like it's Mother Superior level excited. Yeah. Right. The reserved excitement. I just love exactly. that Camilla couldn't like bear what was happening and she wouldn't even look at the box exactly she's like, she's like i apologize for the food shapes <laughs> exactly she's like not <laughs> she's <laughs> like oh my god i can't believe i'm offering this to mother superior yep she's like this is happening and i have so much catholic guilt right now from this yep, moment in my life much. yeah but when <laughs> come on like mother superior already uh pulled camilla down Listen, Mother Superior. Where is her? Where's her backstory? <laughs> she, she's not. She's not us. This isn't her first rodeo of any sort. Let's be real. No, not at all. Not at all. She's seen some. She's seen some things. She's done some things. Good for you. Good for you, Mother Superior. Just a cool. That was just a cool little interlude of comedic uh, tension release. I enjoyed it. I think everyone did. It was amazing. Well acted. <laughs> apparently the pastries from that. It's a real place. And apparently yeah. they're really good. So Yeah. So like, if you're in Madrid, go find these pastries. Go eat a dick. Um, <laughs> they also uh, we, um, apparently also have a vagina shop. Well, yeah. Good for them. Um, we get we have a TikTok friend that's been there <laughs> telling us about it. That's how I found out. Yeah, about it. I read the comments. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Yay for a TikTok person. Um, we get to. I, I like that we get to go from this scene to another good scene because any scene with Beatrice oh. in it is good. Oh dear Caitlin, lord! What are you doing? <laughs> Oh my god! Don't lean away from the mic. <laughs> Apparently, they taste good. If you're ever in Madrid, Spain, wherever they are, uh, check them out. Let us know how it goes. Take pictures and send them to us. Yes, or tweet them to us. Yes, or send them on whatever social media platform you follow us on. Yes, we everywhere. So Beatrice kicking cops' asses. Yes, Beatrice yes. is in hot pursuit. She knocks out a policeman and uses his radio because she's smart to ask where yes. the suspects are. <laughs> Last she is sighted. fucking smart. Jesus Christ. Everyone so is she, dumb in this episode. Exactly. So she learns where they're going or where they were last seen and goes off in that direction. And then we go to Jillian who's got a bone to pick herself with her minion, former minion, now Adriel's minion. Uh, we love minions. She traces the whole, this is where the energy is with her quantum whatever glasses and, and goes to the building that she owns. 
just to find out that it's Adriel's big bad church now, his mega church, if you will. Uh, and all of that energy is being filtered and conducted through the cross that's in the middle of this big prayer circle is what I'm calling it. Um, Christian sees her and gets up and he goes after her. He takes off his robe and then they have a whole discussion about his using her property to create Adriel's church. And she's like, the fuck dog. And he's like, yeah, but I didn't break any rules and stuff. So he explains that he's completing her mission. Which, okay, sure, dog. Sure. Okay. And she's like, no, you built a church for a cult, bitch. It's well, not said, my mission. He says, like, her mission to bridge science and God. So, like, kind of, because they're figuring out how to open that portal in a sustainable way, which would bridge the two realms of, like, heaven and earth. So, like, technically he is. His motivation isn't really that exactly. anymore, because it's clear that he is a true believer in whatever is happening and in his defense, she has been super negligent of everything outside Very. of what is happening in her lab. And bitch has been signing papers without reading the fine print. Mm -hmm. So, like, bad move. She has no defense here. Yeah, exactly. She trusted him and he went off and did, you know, his own thing with the whole, with Adriel. And she can't do anything about it because he's not breaking any rules. He's not violating nope. their contract. And nope. Then he tries to persuade her one more time and she's just pissed that she trusted him. And I'm like, you should be because that was a dumb move, but whatever. So she leaves, goes off back to her car. And then the next scene is Beatrice being smarter than everyone else here. Yeah. Let's talk about this scene. So Beatrice is in the graveyard and there's fog everywhere. And because at this point, when she's walking through on the hunt for Ava and Miguel, she doesn't have a gas mask on. So she's being affected by the fog or the plague, whatever this is. And remember, in a prior scene, when it was affecting Ava, she ended up seeing this like demon ghost apparition or something pass over Michael's face. Yep. I'll come back to that. But what... Beatrice sees is Ava and Ava is completely shrouded in shadows in this vision and her hair is completely slicked back and she's stalking forward like a predator towards Beatrice like an Ava Beatrice has never seen before basically and she says to her it's too late B there's no point in hiding it I know what you are and after she delivers this like Beatrice gets scared and says, stop, you're not real. And she keeps like basically saying that. And Ava repeats like, I know what you are. And it's much more aggressive and louder. And Beatrice like freaks all the way out and says, you're not real. You're not real. And she says it over and over again, even after this apparition of Ava like goes away. And like the Ava like smiles like she won or like she's victorious, like predator behavior. And at the end of it, Beatrice is really, really shooken up by this vision. What do you think this was all about? I was asking myself this question. I ask myself this question every time I watch it, this yes. scene, 
Yes. And the only I know what you are. Is it her grappling with her sexuality? Is, so that's where my brain went the first time, but I was like, that doesn't make any sense because it doesn't. They had the conversation in season one mm-hmm. where they had this exact conversation. Like, it can't be that. It has to be something much more personal, something that Beatrice is guarding right now, having lived with Ava for two months. And it's the, the line is, I know what you are. Right. Yeah. So. I'm glad this took three weeks because I really had to think about this because I couldn't quite figure it out. And so I think it has something to do with what Beatrice's deepest fear is right now that she isn't voicing aloud because the plague seems to be manifesting fears. And so when Ava saw what she saw pass over Michael's face, it looked like a demon. It looked like death. Like, and I think Ava is afraid of dying and she has been for some time and i think she's afraid of people she cares about dying and like in her brain that's like if she fails as the warrior nun like everybody she knows is gonna die she might die so that's kind of what she sees on on michael's face because he gets really pale and like there's like black lines so he almost looks like a skeleton like a ghost like he's dead and so like i think she's afraid of losing people because ava's ultimately afraid of being alone and now she has the responsibility of others and keeping them alive on her back as the halo bearer and that's been her biggest fear this i mean dying has been her biggest fear now losing people she loves is also her biggest fear which she voices out later spoiler in in, in another episode she literally says that out loud that's what she's actually afraid of So I think what Beatrice is really afraid of is um, basically being a failure. I think it ultimately is failing. You're a failure. I think that's what Ava was trying to say here because where Beatrice is right now is she's in the aftermath of the heist where she failed to control every little thing that was going to happen. And her worst fear played out, which is where Ava was taken and Ava's gone and she doesn't know what's happening and she failed to keep Ava safe and that's what's haunting Beatrice this entire episode. And so it's manifesting in this apparition of Ava and Ava is like the complete opposite of of actual Ava. Like Ava is like sunshine Ava and, and carefree and smiling and her hair is usually down and the way this apparition appears, it's like Ava's wearing a mask and she's like, Oh, like this mask of power or something. It's like completely different from who like Ava is. Like Ava has power, but she doesn't like flaunt it, wield it, use it as a weapon. But like this apparition like d- like behaves and moves almost like she does. And so it's like the complete opposite of like the Ava she knows. And I think it's almost like you failed me. And now like, I know you're a failure. I can never look at you the same way. And I think she's afraid of like losing Ava, losing Ava's trust if she like comes back because Beatrice failed. And so I think, that's what she's really afraid of. Like that Ava thinks that Beatrice is a failure. Beatrice can't keep her safe. Beatrice can't be trusted. And like, she will lose Ava completely because of this. And I think that's what she's really afraid of. And it manifests like in this kind of subtle way and I, in the graveyard. And that's the best I've come up with by just like looking at this and trying thinking about it. Cause like, I agree with you, Brie. The first place my brain went to was like, 
it's her queerness. But I was like, that can that doesn't make any sense. Ava already knows this. <laughs> and it's like not enough to shake Beatrice at this point, like and make her so afraid. Because yeah, she's not voicing her feelings for Ava out loud, but they're definitely there and she's definitely accepted them on some level at this point. So this reaction doesn't make sense for that. It has to be something deeper that like she hasn't told anybody, even Ava. And I think she's afraid Ava will judge her for it. And Ava has never judged her about anything. Ava didn't judge her about her queerness, like nothing. But like, I think all of Beatrice's skills and everything she learned failing in such a way that harms Ava. I think that's really what she's afraid of. And she thinks she's a failure right now based on how the heist went down. Right. I mean, it makes sense with her upbringing as far as her parents wanting her to basically be the perfect. I mean, and I feel like Beatrice is a person who probably went through her childhood trying to prove to her parents that she was good enough and yeah. has had that fear of failure kind of baked into her brain through and, those experiences. Yeah. And in the sense of the parents, like perfection was tethered to affection. Right. Mm -hmm, so that exactly. is an old PTSD trauma response that like, if I'm not per like, and that came up in the very first episode of season two, where like, it was like, you don't have to be perfect all the time. Like it's okay. But Beatrice still has it in her that like, yeah, she does have to be perfect at all times. Cause even like, that's how she lost her family because she wasn't perfect or met their definition of perfection. And she never really got over that. She just went into the, the OCS basically out of school, which demands perfection. Otherwise you die. So like, she never got to like break free of that. And we see even like during those two months when they were in Switzerland, like, yeah, Beatrice is starting to let some of that go, but like she, she didn't. That's how she got the promotion within a week. And like, even Ava can see it. She's like, you're still doing this and you really don't need to. But now she's at a point where like stakes are high and she's like, I do have to be perfect. Otherwise, like if I make one mistake, it could cost me Ava basically it could cost me my life, your life. Like, yeah, the stakes are high. I do have to be perfect. Like I'm slipping. I'm a failure. So like, she's just spiraling because it's like reinforcing that like, I, I I'm getting distracted. And, and, and I think Beatrice is on her way to like really reconciling the fact that she is distracted by like the way she feels about Ava and because she hasn't voiced it aloud and that's all internal and so she thinks she's a failure at this point and that's the thing that like she's had to maintain her whole life is not to be one so it's very sad and it's very real like to have that kind of like mentality uh bred into you some culture like maybe culturally um Beatrice that was something that was important to her family growing up too that just more reinforces it even more and that's how you get it tied to like affection and love and being worthy and so it's just it's hard to break out of that and uh yeah I think that's where Beatrice is at Yeah. So after that, um, Beatrice then does the smartest thing anyone does in this episode where she knocks out one of the goons and steals the gas mask. So she doesn't have any more of those Yay. distracting hallucinations and moves on with the other day. Yes. Uh, why didn't those other dorks think of this? Hey, they what? have Gryffindor energy. That's why they're like, we don't need to do that. We'll just use our muscles. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, 
Miguel and Ava do get there, um, coughing because they don't have any masks on, but they make it to the church where conveniently the fog is like dissipated completely because it's almost like the fog is funneling you towards the church to salvation or whatever. I don't know. And basically they follow these group of people who are running from the fog into the church and there's guards at the door, which are Worf, Adriel's goons. And they're like, um, listen, in order to come inside, you have to accept Adriel as your savior. And atheist Ava is like, I just have to say that. Okay, sure. Yeah. See, sure. see, sure. see, see, whatever. Cool. Sure. And then walks right in because you guys are fucking ridiculous. <laughs> sure, whatever. <laughs> Whatever you say. Sure. Yeah, sure. See, see. And inside the church, uh, the goons are putting wrath demons or wraith demons into uh, just people because the wraith demons need people to like for them to stay on this plane. So unlike the terrasse demons who can't inhabit bodies, these demons can. And they're Adriel's demons. And so it it looks like they're curing ailments by doing this because I guess they have some healing property from the other plane. So like they have one girl who's paralyzed like Ava was, they put a wraith demon in her and she suddenly she can walk for the first time. So it's Adriel demonstrating quote unquote miracles and building his army at the same time. So that's what's basically happening here. And the other thing we learn in the scene that's important is that Miguel can also see the demons like uh, Ava can, which is interesting. And then my favorite part of the episode in terms of how ridiculous Miguel is as a character is he basically convinces Ava, like Ava's like, oh shit, we got to stop this. And he's like, no, 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 we can't expose ourselves. And then two seconds later, he volunteers to sacrifice himself <laughs> to yeah. the demons. It makes no fucking sense. He's like, no, we can't do that, but I'm going to go do it. And it's like, bro. Gryffindor energy. It's only like, okay if it's him. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm like, what the fuck? It's so ridiculous. And so, uh, anyway, so when the Wraith demon tries to possess Miguel, um, he uses the divinium in his body to, like, blow up the Wraith demon, and apparently everyone can see that once it happens, because it's, like, tainted with divi divinium when it comes out of his body, and the explosion of the demon starts a massive panic, as should be expected, so, like, nothing about this scene is discreet. Nothing about it is smart. It's just a mess and starts a panic in the church. What a fun time. I don't understand Miguel. <laughs> like, this scene made me really not understand him. I was like, what? He's Bruh. like the do as I say, not as I do person. It's and just. It's so annoying. It took two seconds. Two yeah. seconds. To spin around on that. And now everybody's freaking out. You're the one that wants to like, keep a low profile and you're over here blowing up freaking wraith demons. Also, what? you know, she has the halo and can't be exposed. Yeah. And then do this in a room full of like hundreds of people. Like, what a dumbass. What? This was peak dumbassery. Yeah, this, this scene. It leads to a cool fight scene, but this was really stupid. Yeah. I didn't think about it. And I love that my, I have a note in here that's in all caps and it just says hypocrite. Yes. Like literally two seconds later, he's like, I'm going to do it. Rich, what? Why, why is Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Ah, uh, idiot. Well, um, I guess we can, are we good to go back to the dick van? Yeah. <laughs> back, back in the dick van. 
they're deciding what to do with Vincent while, you know, eating the dicks like corn on a cob. <laughs> Which amused me greatly. Mother Superior. I want to see all the takes they did of that scene. I want to see, yeah, everything. Mother Superior takes Camilla's pistol and marches Vincent out outside into the grass and makes him kneel and face her. And they talk. Basically, we know it's not, she's not going to do it, but. I know. This was dumb. She just should have shot him. And then everyone's lives would have been better. But um, anyway, they talk about how, how Shannon was too strong and too smart. And that's why he had to get her, get rid of her. Um, wow, bro. Just, oh, oh, but the, the gaslighting in this conversation, too. He's yeah. like, oh, I loved Shannon, mm-hmm. but everything I did was in pursuit of a better world. Yeah, so I had to kill her. So I had to kill her. Like, That's the dumbest. She should have killed him just for that sentence. Especially yeah. after we get the flashbacks of Shannon and Mother Superior and we learn how close those two actually were. Like, you should have killed him just for saying that. Exactly. Like, why didn't just why? Take him why? Because he's the slippery male character that gets away unharmed in the show, even though he did so many despicable things. Like he just goes away; nothing happens to him. Oh, and the the line that really, really grated on me was when he says he needed a warrior nun that he could control. Yeah. It, <sighs> yep. yep. Why didn't she just kill him? I don't know. It's so stupid. We really didn't need him at all. They had a thing. God, I hope not. A while ago, but they had a thing. You're probably right, and I hate that. Just saying. Maybe that's why she can't kill him. Well, give the gun to somebody else, then. Give it to Camilla. Camilla! Camilla (laughs) Camilla just kill him at that point. (laughs) You know what? Okay, here's the scene. Teach Yaz, too. What should have (laughs) happened... Is that Mother Superior is pointing the gun. And then as soon as she uh, was like, I can't do it. There should have been another gun that going off. Camilla's in the back. Be like, yeah, but I can. <laughs> Afterwards. That would have been a badass a, scene. That's such a Camilla thing to do, though. Because like usually it doesn't go right for the first person. Then she's in the background like, whoops. Oops. <laughs> was I not supposed Swing. to do that? Oh, well. Remember how she was shooting the crap out of Adriel with that uh, crossbow in season one at the end? Yeah, exactly. She, she should have done that to Vincent. Shot him with an arrow right through the freaking temple. Yeah, exactly. Or teach Yeah, She has a machine murder. gun, doesn't she? Not on her, her right Not now. on her. Oh. <laughs> Normally. You don't know her- what she's got. She's got dicks in a van, okay? <laughs> it would be the most creative- real damage with them. With <laughs> the, the stick. Creative death ever. Right through the eyeball. Um, to the ear. <laughs> yeah. See, Camilla could have got that shit done. So yeah, was, she could have. Shouldn't have been Mother Superior. No, it should not have been. Uh, whatever. She lets him live and pushes him over with her cane. I was really hoping that he would just kind of fall off whatever hill or cliff that they're on and keep going, but he didn't. Yeah. But she breaks his leg. That's the only good thing she does, which doesn't. I mean. Yeah, he's not going to follow them, but still. It's not enough. Just kill him. Whatever. So, back to the church. Apparently, there weren't any wolves in this area to eat him. Yeah, apparently not. That would have been wonderful. (sighs) Yes. Uh, That was dumb. Miguel is sitting up here pontificating about Adriel not being 
a savior while people panic and the priest is like he's bringing the demons so all the people that are possessed by the demons attack or, or and the people that are not apparently but yeah ava gets into the fight. fight um this is our big huge fight scene that's really awesome ava ava tries to reason with the girl that was paralyzed and got possessed by the demon but the big priest dude <laughs> goes after her and they fight instead and then guess guess what somebody flies through the door and the person that kicked that person through the door beatrice strides in like the Big fucking badass dude. she is yep she made it just in time yes she did uh so we go this really amazing sequence to sequence fight where you get one person will come in the a person will be fighting with someone and then the another character will kind of come through the scene and then you follow that character to the next time that they switch off. And it's just a really amazingly done fight scene. Uh, many kudos to everyone involved who got that done. Thank you, Kuko. Everyone go thank, thank Kuko. Kuko. I love and Yeah, what? Because would that be the fight or stunt? I mean... It's just, it's, he's the supervisor of all of the above. Yeah. He supervised this. Okay. And then the can whoever is doing the camera and editing after or the camera and then the editing afterwards. Yeah, kudos to everybody here. How's yeah, that? exactly. So anyway, um, um I love in this fight the way Michael is just this chaotic flurry. Yes. And he just like he smacks people with Bibles. He's just like launching off of stuff. Like it's peak mm -hmm. dude fighting where it's just again a no brain. It's all muscle and just like he's just throwing himself at <laughs> at like people. <laughs> if you like look at the comparison between everyone's fighting, but especially Michael yes. and Beatrice. So you've got Michael who's a brawler. That's what I would call him. He's a brawler. He just uses everything he has and throws himself into things. Right. And then Beatrice exactly. is fucking art over here like because yeah she knows like every martial art kicking period. ass like a dancer but you have to say it, it like that's they're like polar opposites but you also have to look at ava and ava is actually really controlled too when she's mm -hmm. fighting um even though she's missed punch first ask questions later she's a lot she's very controlled with like her movements and is very strategic which is yeah, it's only Michael who's just this flurry of fists the whole time, whereas everybody else is a lot more like. Well, who trained Ava? Who trained Ava? Beatrice. So. Yeah, but like, kudos to Ava. Yes, uh, big kudos. And, and when she spots Beatrice, it's awesome because then Ava starts slowly making her way over to Be Beatrice, like while beating some people up, and then we get the at the altar the kick-ass spin move. Or Ava like throws her arm out in front of Beatrice, like you do when you're driving and you're stopping short and you're yes. trying to like save the passenger. Like Ava just does that instinctively, leaves Michael all exposed, but she only like puts an arm out for Beatrice because her lady love priorities. 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 This scene is about priorities at the end. It is. <laughs> oh, it is the whole time. Like. Michael who? Basically the rest yeah. of this episode for Ava. Uh, kind uh, of. But Beatrice and Ava get to reunite and that's what's that's the important part at the at this point. They do. And then they have this hug. Um, 
And but before that happens, like I love that, like when it calms down after the spin move or whatever, Beatrice tries to move to hug Ava, but can't because her leg seized up. So like she tries. So she at least has to like wait for Ava to do it. But because like, think about Beatrice. Beatrice has just been, since the moment this episode started, she's been panicking and like singularly focused on just like making sure Ava is alive to like rectify her failure. And so here she's like, okay, Ava is okay. Like I didn't fail in keeping you alive. Like you are still alive. So, and to Ava, like think about Ava, like these two haven't been apart since season one and like season one like they've been together consistently since the end of season one and this is like really the first time they've been separated for like a significant period of time and the thing that ava was afraid of in season one was people leaving her and when they were doing the wall phase trial beatrice said we you're part of us now we will never leave you and ava's like promise promise so like this is confirmation to ava too that like beatrice means what she said she's not going to leave me she came and found found me even though we're in this ridiculous church fighting all these crazy people like beatrice isn't gonna leave so it's this big confirmation of many many things and then when they do the hug it's like they like slam into each other and it's all ava like ava coming towards beatrice because beatrice isn't moving so it's this very like emotional relief of just like confirmation of many things so it's like it's a really good moment yeah, and it's really cute because after they break apart in this from the hug, like they don't leave each other's side the rest of this episode. Like even after they break out of the hug, like Beatrice is just like clinging onto Ava's arm because she's like, I can't believe you're here and you're not going anywhere and I'm <laughs> and we're not splitting apart again. Like here you are. These actors okay. were so good at paying attention to details of where their positioning is in relation to one another. Mm-hmm. in this whole ever since well i mean in, in general but especially since season two started and we know that they have these feelings between them so i just think it's so cool the little minutiae of even how they stand in relation to one another or you know just uh, it's just so good and you don't I don't see it where it convinces me enough to where I don't even think about, you know, the act. They're just, their acting is just good. End of sentence. Yeah. Kudos to both y'all. You did a great job. Absolutely. Um, and then we get caretaking Ava, which is really cute. So cute. Yeah, you okay? I will protect you. And Michael's like, yeah, this is all cute and stuff, but the possessed yeah. people are pissed. And, like, they start getting up and coming after them. <laughs> and you gotta love Ava. Ava goes back into Gryffindor mode, where she's like, I'm gonna punch all these bitches. But Beatrice is in the background, and she's like, girl, you, no, what, no, 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 no. And I love this, because if that were Michael, Ava would be like, fuck you, and she'd start punching people. Mm-hmm. But because it's Beatrice, the one person she fucking listens to, she's like, okay, I'll hear you out. And, uh, Beatrice tells her, let go, which <gasps> means use the halo, like tap into the halo, go to your happy center place. Like uh, sister, sister Michael. Wait, who is it? I forget. Uh, and the Nazi one. And she's like, harness oh, the halo. yeah. Is it Michael? Michelle? No, it's. um. Oh, that's going to bother me. Bother I know. Me. Damn it. Bother me. Like what the hell? Michelle. 
it doesn't no. matter ultimately. Oh, it's gonna burn. But anyway, I know. Crimson? <laughs> doesn't matter. Huh? No, no. Crimson's no, no, the no. evil one that she wasn't in was the murdered. show. Yeah, it's in my show notes from like season one, but I don't want to find them right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Go listen to our season uh, one recap and you'll find the name of that. None, because we definitely talked about it. It doesn't matter. So basically, Ava, uh, Beatrice is telling her, hey, harness the power of the halo and use that. And um, Ava's like, okay, great idea. And then tells Beatrice to hang on and wraps both arms around Beatrice while Michael like gets an elbow. She doesn't make any effort. She no, turns her back. I'm to telling him. you, she doesn't even know he's there until yeah. she's like, oh, oh, is he injured? Oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like he gets an elbow. That's all that guy gets. And then Beatrice gets both arms around her. And then Ava does the halo flare, which works on all the demons and possessed people and Michael and like throws everybody away, which is hilarious. <laughs> so the yes. only people untouched by this are Beatrice and Ava. Exactly. So and that's exactly how it should be. And it like, is Sister Melanie, according Melanie, to Melanie. That was a I knew it was an M. Thank Taylor. you. Thank you. Uh but I love how Ava so blatantly plays favorites. And the only, like, clearly she had to concentrate on, like, not only doing the Halo Flare, but, like, keeping Beatrice okay. Yeah. So she was clearly, that is all she was focusing on. She wasn't focusing on anything else because she sends Michael into, like, a fountain or something. It's hilarious. I love it so much. She could have, like, if she wanted to, she could have, like, turned and put an arm around both of them and, like, pulled them down and protected them. But no. Nope. Not (laughs) at all. She's like... Okay, Beatrice. I literally Must forgot Michael was Beatrice. here. <laughs> forgot he was here. I love it. I would love to stay in that scene. Me too. Um, and not go to but the next we, one. Ugh. Can we... Gosh. The only I thing know. I have written for this scene is the pertinent points and then gross, gross, gross. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Because Adriel's so, telling Lilith his side of the story. Basically. I know. Feeding her his propaganda is what I will call it. Yeah. This is the grooming. This is him grooming. Exactly. He tells her to, to, he took the halo to protect it from those who would misuse it. Sure, Jan. I know. Uh, But he tells Lilith that she is his destiny, which is creepy beyond imagining. Literally, you guys met five minutes ago. Yeah. She's the personification of power. He's literally just again, like feeding playing long smoke up her bottom. Yes. Is what he's doing. And he tells her that she has more power than any warrior nun. Yes. He's trying to strike a chord with Lilith. Because remember, he has eyes and ears everywhere. So he, he can find information about her in like five seconds and know what all of her issues are, which since season one has been she's been jealous of Ava she wanted to be the warrior nun her mom thinks she's a monster so he starts using all this language that like plays to her ego because he's trying to win her over and make her be like well it was your choice to join me so he's like putting on the charm to get her to choose to join him yeah by being like I get you I get you I see you which at this point nobody sees Lilith. And so it's like it's she's been isolated and now here's somebody who sees her and is like, Oh, I see the potential in you. You can be even better than a warrior nun. Like yep. he's playing into all of her wants and dreams and like Yeah. Gaslighting her as well. It's the gaslighting scene. I don't want it. 
Let's go anyway. back to the flying nuns. Well, wait, hold on. Well, the nuns don't fly right away. Yeah, anyway, no, that was everything. Sorry, I was just reading through my notes. Yeah, that's enough. Uh, back at the church. So um, Ava's trying to leave, and she's trying to leave with Beatrice. While Miguel's passed out in the room full of demons, she's like, let's go, be," and like literally just leaves, is leaving Miguel. <laughs> and unfortunately, she doesn't get anywhere with her bae because uh, the trust demons show up, and they're like, um, hey, Halo call, Halo call. Give us our shit back. And then yep. before Ava can really do anything, the wraith demons come out, and those guys start battling because they're not on the same side. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the race demons are Adriel's army, and the Terrest demons are Rhea's army. So those two start fighting with each other. And uh, Ava's like, cool, they're distracted. We need to get the fuck out of here, though. And But they're, like, blocking all the exits, essentially. And Michael's like, hey, just do whatever. Get the halo out of here. I'll, as I'm dying, fight off some people with this trident, apparently, that's in this room. And Ava's like, great, I got an idea. She's like, uh, Beatrice, hold me. And Beatrice is like, wait, what? <laughs> and yes. yeah, it was like, shh, just don't just let it happen. And like grabs onto Beatrice and then uses the halo to like fly them out of here. Like they she superwoman's Beatrice out here, out of there. This isn't like super corp shit that we wish we had. But um, the problem with that is, is they get through like the beautiful stained glass window and they're like about to make it, but the halo shuts off while they're escaping. Cause like, quote unquote to quote Ava, someone is like turning the power off and it seems like this is happening more often and it's at the worst time. So they're like, they end up like stumbling to the ground because Ava cannot fly anymore. And when she recovers, she's like, she's, she says she's paralyzed, but she, her arms work. So she's like paraplegic at this point where like her legs aren't really working but her arms are working so interesting there's enough halo power to get her arms to work right. and at this point they're they get into an argument about michael or miguel and ava's like we gotta help him and the people in the church and be just like girl no like i just got you back you're i'm not throwing you back in there we gotta we gotta leave we gotta leave yeah. um but before they can actually get into this argument uh it becomes a moot point because miguel stumbles out of the church and he's like listen i'm fine uh i'm fine or whatever and then he's like, well, the cops are here now because that was a giant explosion. So we got to get the fuck out of here. And while they figure out where to go, because remember, the OCS nuns are in their van. They don't know where they are. They have no communication to anybody else. They really have no options. But Miguel conveniently is like, let's go to my house and hide. Like, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I wonder where we're headed to next hey, episode. It's so mysterious. It's so mysterious. Mysterious Miguel. Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> I never would have guessed. No. Um, anything about that scene before we just wrap up the episode? Um, I really enjoy everything about the flying nuns that, that just happened. And uh, I do like that there's some Christina talked about the shenanigans they got out to behind the scenes when they were filming that. Cause I will tell you that we have heard much about how uncomfortable those harnesses are. So having you be up there for that long. How long were they up there? I mean, it had to be quite a while to shoot that. So, I mean, we could ask at some point, but yeah, I just love that they had fun 
up there because there's some behind the scenes um, video that got that I think somebody put up. I don't know if it was Christine or what. Anyway, very cool scene. Loved it. And Mysterious Miguel, the end. All right, and then we close out the episode with uh, the grossest scene ever. So it's Adriel and Lilith, and basically he's still f- going on and on and feeding into her ego and uh, robs her of her eyesight, but then gives her the ability to quote-unquote see the truth in this world, which is demons. And that's where my notes end. I protest that whole thing. No, thank you. My notes ended a while ago. Fair enough. Is that the rest of that scene? I don't remember. I don't that's remember all... the scene. That's all yeah, I, I just either. watched it. <laughs> I just watched it and I don't remember that either. I thought it ended with Michael. Me no. too. <laughs> oh, no, it ends with it. They're like two in a row end with Adriel and Lilith. It's like they're back at the manor and he's like going on and on. And she's like, that's bullshit. I don't want it to end with them. Yeah, I, I blocked that out. Yeah, so that's basically it. He gives her the ability to see demons. That's kind of it. And he's like, you're so powerful. You're the one doing all this. And it's like, clearly, sure. it's ridiculous. It's this, this just completes the grooming is all it says. Um, yeah. yeah. So what do you, what do we? Uh... How many shots for oh, by Jesus? It ends on Michael. No, whatever. And, it, and then it goes, in my darkest hour. I love that song. It's on my play, one of my playlists, by the way. I didn't know it before the show, but I really like it now. I didn't know it before the show either. Like, who, whoever. It was just perfect. It is perfect for this whole episode because it shows up multiple times. That was, that was one of my favorite things about this episode is that song. And all the times Beatrice and Ava were to, together or looking for one another, Miguel can go be mysterious elsewhere the priest should have died i give it five shots five lemon drops what about you caitlin well i was gonna be generous and give it a five (laughs) i was also gonna give it a five because the fight scene was badass oh my god Uh, the fight scene i gave it a five for yasmin yeah, Yasmin was also great. Yeah, amazing. That fight scene was was a substantial part of. My oh trip. yeah, because that was that was the one where she um blows Michael yeah out of the water. Right, that got two shots by itself because that exactly. was just hilarious. And then <laughs> the fight scene, and then Beatrice being just like on a mission. Yeah. to save Ava. Loved it. Didn't even let the crazy hallucination stop her. No. And then, yeah, that hallucination for just, like, keeping me up for weeks trying to figure out what the fuck was happening. <laughs> I got yeah. a lot detracted. A lot. Okay, I would have given it higher in the shot in the lemon drops if it wasn't for the fact that the not hot priest did not die. I know. That loses five <laughs> shots because that bitch should have died. I just hate him so much. That's where they lost the shots. Everything yeah, else was fine. Oh, no. And then the Adriel Lilith stuff. That was oh, a lot of I, I keep it. blanking on that. It's just terrible. And I hate it. I hate it. I hate it there. Whatever. But yeah. So uh, what would you guys rate this episode for our uh, Ava, our bisexual Jesus? How many shots would you take for her for this episode? Yes. Tell us. Out of nine. 
Yes. Well, that's all we got. Next time we'll be getting into episode five. We made it to the halfway point. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We will too. (laughs) So we get to eight. (laughs) Keep tweeting. Amateur bed bed script scene. We can do it. Yes. Amateur's best script scene. Tweet it. Woo! Woo! Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye! And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.